like one of the first things that I would advise people to do is to educate themselves on how many different scams there are. Mm. Um, there's extremely, extremely intelligent people who are, you know, just technological wizards. Welcome back to another episode of Moving the Mountain, a creative leadership podcast. Today we have Maggie Mae Ferry to talk with us about NFTs and art. She, uh, You have a background in art, correct? <laughs> I do. Yes. Um, went to school for art. Um, what is the actual title of the degree? Uh, so it's a Bachelor of Arts in Fine Art and Art History. Nice. And... Uh, all right, we'll get right into it. This week we are going with the Spindrift Grapefruit. And uh, <clears throat> Maggie actually knows somebody who gets these for, yeah. for free. You have a hookup? He works for Spindrift. I don't know what his official position is, but cheers. That's very good. Mm. Very refreshing. So... You showed up a little bit early today, maybe a couple hours at least, mm-hmm. two, three hours. So we pretty much already talked about everything. We covered <laughs> yes. NFTs to a great extent. And uh, the goal of today is hopefully to buy an NFT on this episode. Or are you going to show me how to, buy an ep- uh, how to buy an NFT on this episode? Yeah, I think we should try. We're going to give it a shot. We don't, I don't have any money in the wallet, <laughs> so we'll see how that actually goes. Uh, and we're kind of torn between two NFTs at this point. One is a world of women, which Maggie is uh, one of the collaborators. Would you call yourself on that project? I, I'm a What's holder. Your, you're a holder. Mm-hmm. Okay. And then the other project is, uh, what was that one called? Um, the art of seasons. Is that the one? You're- yeah. yeah. Very cool. So, um, where, where should we start with NFTs? Cause I feel like it's pretty new. And uh, mm-hmm. you kind of hear about it a little bit on social media. And I remember talking to you probably six months ago. And I had sent you some videos. <laughs> <laughs> I had sent you some videos. I thought I sent you some videos. Is this not true? You probably Am I did. making this up? <laughs> this is my recollection of it, right? I sent her these videos. And it was Gary Vee talking about basically how people complain like, oh, I would get into NFTs, but I don't have the time. Mm. And, you know, he is not really an excuse kind of guy. So he's like, you know, I'm busier than most people. I took two weeks. I like spent a ton of time researching them. And, you know, he launched into the NFT space. And I feel like that was the video I remember sending you because I was like encouraged by that. I was like, yeah, he's right. I can't make any excuses. I need to take the time to like research this and like get to know it and all that stuff mm-hmm. send you that video i didn't do it but you did it and i remember you telling me you took a good amount of time to like research what an nft is mm-hmm. um you've educated yourself fairly well on nfts and how many nfts do you now own uh roughly 30 30 Five. nfts and and how old are you <laughs> <laughs> no no, no don't one for every that. year <laughs> 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 uh, give me take a few We'll see. Mm. Mm. Well, that's awesome. Um, so why don't you walk us through like you, that, that couple of weeks that you spent mm-hmm. getting to know the space and uh, any tips like you might have, like where, like where do you start? I feel like that's with everybody. It seems 
a non-fungible token, it's just like, what does it mean? What do you do? Uh, you're paying all this money for JPEG. Like, what's the real value of it? Some people say, you know, people are just laundering money through it. Um, so what's your take on it? Um, so I think that the most important thing when you first start out is to just move really slow and to spend that time upfront researching. Um, like, I would say probably at least... 30 days of just sitting back and trying to read and absorb as much like information as you can. Um, Twitter is really great and just go through a feed and stuff will come, you know, like the algorithm just provides information that you're looking for. If you're looking for information about NFTs, it'll show up and, um, so Twitter is a great resource. And you obviously think there's like real value to these NFTs, like beyond them just being like for art collectors. I do. Um, I think that the way that people perceive them now and the way that they're being used is going to be vastly different from what it'll be in the future, um, where people don't necessarily have a handle on it and even collections that are like... Um, well-known to people in the space will have different utility in the future. Um, so, like, anything from a like ticket yeah. to, a, you know, an event, that'll be, or any type of contract or purchase can be executed through an NFT. Um, and what's the point of, ha like, what's the point of going through an NFT versus, like, uh, I'm going to see... Bob Dylan live, I'm just going to buy a ticket to go see him versus mm -hmm. like, would you buy an NFT and then that's the ticket? Mm -hmm. like, how does that work? Or how would that work? Yeah, so I, I envision it being a similar thing, a digital ticket where you attend the event and you have to provide proof that you own this token, um, which in the future will be a lot easier than it is now where it's like, I don't even know what the tokenized like system is to get into events where they have to verify that you own something, how that is done. I haven't done that yet, but um, it'll be something that will be a collectible. So anything that's an NFT forever lives on the blockchain. Um, so it'll provide a record, a ledger. That's essentially what they are, just like a digital ledger that you could trace back through the beginning of the blockchain and prove that it exists and who owns it and who's owned it throughout. So how like where how it went from owner to owner. Mm -hmm. And you said there, there would be perks attached to, you know, say you bought that concert ticket. Does that, you know, maybe they have different types, right, where you'd have different perks attached to each one mm -hmm. depending on the value that you spent on it? Yeah, I think it, it just depends on who writes the contract and what they want to happen like hmm. in the future. Like they could say, you know, for right now, this ticket gives you access to this show. But in the future, it could provide different utility if they have that open to later changes. Hmm. Does that make sense? It's very confusing. <laughs> <laughs> it's really hard, I think, up front, which is why most people don't take the time to learn about it and to wrap your head around it seems like one of those things where it's just like 
it makes no sense to most people. And then one day everybody's going to have like that aha moment. But I almost feel like it's how, how we explain computers and the internet to our parents or social media, mm-hmm. you know, yep. that's how probably maybe like our kids will be explaining NFTs to us. You'll have the upper hand, obviously. Um, what's, uh, who's this character on your shirt? So this is, um, Eva Longoria's. I'm not sure if they can, uh, oh yeah, you can see it a little bit. Eva Longoria. Who is that? She's, uh, she's a pretty famous actress. Um, what does she start in? What would I know her in? Uh, probably the most well-known is Desperate Housewives, I think. Mm. Um, is that a TV series? She was in the movie with Steve Carell. Um... And Ryan Gosling and... 40-year-old virgin? No. Um, uh, crazy Stupid Love. Oh, okay. Is it Crazy Stupid Love? I think um, so. Yes, she was in Yeah, that. yeah, yeah. But yeah, she's... So she's a she's a WoW holder. Um, and so, WoW, for those that you guys don't know, is World of Women. Mm-hmm. Um, so you can... If we could, like, pull up an image somehow and just show what they look like. Yeah, but, we could do that. So... They you when you purchase a wow world of women NFT you own the IP to this image which is just one of the perks associated with ownership um, so you can develop it you can market it you can create a brand around it um, so she used it and sold merch which I think these were completely charitable the sales interesting so. She bought that, put it on a t-shirt, or you can merchandise it mm-hmm. in any way, and then people can buy it. Mm-hmm. Now, if you did that, say you found this image on the internet, is there possible like copyright infringement issues that you'd run into? Mm-hmm. Um, I noticed that the Board 8 clubs, too, they're doing a similar thing. Like I've seen someone open like a restaurant or a mm-hmm. burger joint like strictly around like their board ape yep. um, and you had mentioned earlier that Gary V is taking his like V friends mm-hmm. and the future concept of that is almost like a Disney World type character thing yeah I think I mean the development of that is he sees that being a long term project that he can take those characters and develop them to you know the sky's the limit like he could create the next Mickey Mouse with his characters um Anything from merch to cartoons, books. I mean, any, any, if you can imagine a character in a certain setting, that's yeah. what you could do. So we could technically um, buy a character from World of Women, right? Mm-hmm. And use her as our company logo, mm-hmm. right? Now, would that be a write off? Um, I believe it would, yeah. That'd be a good way to segue into buying. I mean, buying not financial <laughs> advice, but like, uh, I think that that's a, a really good question, and um, the the tax code it's still very blurry as mm. far as cryptocurrency goes and NFTs and um, sort of loopholes and ways to get around that. So I think it's ever changing, and they're just trying to figure out what the best. Yeah. Okay. So it's still up for grabs. I mean, because yeah, that would like, be interesting to buy that as a business, as IP that you're going to use for marketing mm-hmm. material. Like, hey, this is my new logo, or this is our mascot, and you know all that. And um, 
Yeah, I mean, that would be a significant write-off for a business. Yep. I'm pretty sure that it would qualify because it would be just like anything else that you would be using for, as long as you had the business established, obviously, and right. you know, formally incorporated or made an LLC or something around it. Yeah, and then obviously if you sold it, well, the, the nice thing about that is like it holds its value and hopefully goes up in value. You were saying that. Mm-hmm. Um, what did they launch for? How many ETH, the World of Women? I believe that, so it's called Mint, when the project first launches and goes up for sale. Um, on that project-specific website, you can mint an NFT or multiple NFTs, depending on what they allow for. Um, but I believe World of Women, which I didn't mint, was about 0.08 um, for the original 0.08 Ethereum. Yeah, um, so which is um, about, what, right, $2,500 right now? Right now, yeah. Uh, yeah. Give or take. Uh, no, well, well, one ETH is about 3K, let's say, right now. Yeah, um, so just under. Yeah. So. And what have they like kind of gone up to? We were just looking at one, and it was... Uh, was it seventeenth? That yeah. was kind of on the lower side. Yeah. So if you look at collections, there are different platforms that you can view NFTs for sale. Um, the most commonly used one is called OpenSea, and on that um, is that who you purchased there? Yes, I, I've actually only used OpenSea. There have been other competitors. There's a lot of different people that are trying to establish themselves and compete in that space, but. Um, and OpenSea has had a ton of issues. It's known for its, its issues, but um, it's still the most widely used platform to purchase. And um, so if you buy it on something like that, it's called buying it on secondary. Um, so right now the floor price, which is the lowest price that something is for sale for, is roughly like 7 ETH, 7 Ethereum. Now these different websites that they mint on, right? So they build out these websites that, that they're minted on. Mm-hmm. Um, that are built on the blockchain? Like, does the website have to be built on the blockchain for that too? Um, the website itself is not, but it would be a question for a developer. So very, um, very, very skilled developers, I would say, who mm-hmm. write the contracts and also write... So with these the different um, websites that they mint on, like we were just kind of going through the different wallets, like I have a Coinbase wallet, mm-hmm. you typically use MetaMask, you were mm-hmm. saying... Um, are these like, you know, would the, both those work on a minting website or are they like sometimes you have to get a different kind of wallet? Like they only have a specific wallet that you can use or maybe a couple options, but maybe not the one that you have. Is that common? Yeah, I would say that MetaMask is the most widely accepted. Um, is, Coinbase is the Coinbase probably wallet? Is, yeah. is I typically, imagine that's up there, yeah. But it's still fairly new. Um, but yeah, MetaMask is definitely the, the most used, I would say. Yeah, the first time I used a wallet, and you know, even that's kind of a little bit of an interesting concept there. Mm-hmm. But with the code, like they're very kind of confusing. I had to buy it because I was trying to buy Safe Moon. This is probably mm-hmm. like a year ago, mm-hmm. and um, what a scam that was. <laughs> <laughs> What's Safe Moon at right now? Jesus. <laughs> um, yeah, my my friend Brandon and advised me, my financial advisor Brandon. Mm. Um. Where was I going with that? I think... R.I.P. Safe Moon. <laughs> <laughs> Bottom line. Uh, I think... Um, can we take a break? <laughs> can I have a moment? Edit. Yeah, we'll edit that out. Um, safe Moon. I think the... 
the wallets, yeah. The security um, around wallets and first creating them is super, super critical. Um, Like one of the first things that I would advise people to do is to educate themselves on how many different scams there are. Mm. Um, There's extremely, extremely intelligent people who are, you know, just technological wizards that i see the articles like you know even the bored apes like mm-hmm. got hacked like mm-hmm. that was crazy because i saw other projects getting hacked and i was like ah. yeah yeah i mean it, it happens every day and it happens to people who would consider themselves very knowledgeable and like know the safety protocols and what not to do and um what usually ends up happening is that people get caught up in this idea that something is provided to them and it's like this crazy like too good to be true like i have to act fast acting fast is like that's always a red flag Mm -hmm. when when you feel like you have to act fast on something Mm -hmm. and that's it's actually one of the things that's the most common um with nfts and it's called fomo i don't know if that that term like applies across different things not I think just the NFTs, audience but, is familiar with that too. yeah so so FOMO's fear of missing out for those who don't know um but it's a huge thing that actually impacts a lot of people's mental health with NFTs because and it, stocks I would say yeah yeah I mean anytime anybody has finances tied up in the fear of losing money or gaining money either way um but a lot of people have experienced life-changing gains with nfts right so the possibility of that happening is fairly reasonable um it's just part of it is luck and how you um what projects just survive and what projects can skyrocket so you can have really good luck um but there's also this sense of urgency that's like it's always sort of lingering right and yeah it causes people to act irrationally and also you can get really consumed with well i think there's like a a, like a mental health thing there too with fomo um and nfts and i would say stocks um Mm -hmm. where you hear about these people like you know spending x amount and then they become like millionaires overnight Mm -hmm. And you're like, man, I'm working so hard at this job that I don't like. And then like, you know, these people are getting rich, like flipping JPEGs. And it's like, and it kind of goes back to Gary Vee's point where it's like, if I could just, if I just had the time Mm -hmm. to learn about NFTs then I could do that too, but I don't have the time. Mm -hmm. But to his point, you do have the time. It's like making the time. Yeah. I think that anybody could really do it. Um, and anybody, I don't want to say anybody could be financially successful, but you, if you put the time in um, to learn, the, the chances of you being able to make profitable gains from NFTs is pretty great right now, I would say. If you, are, you act cautiously, um, you invest in things that you believe in. And I think it's similar to stocks or... Um, I would say most similar to stocks where you can have different strategies where 
you know, you might have something that you plan on holding for the long term or something that you want to flip and, you know, you have a goal in mind for what to sell for and that's it. Um, so different, different ways of like diversifying your own NFT portfolio. So you really believe in that? Like even we were looking at one of the world of women NFTs and it, I think it was $22,000. You'd recommend buying something like that? That it would only increase in value. Um, so it's tough to say. Like I personally believe in that project, and that's I've done. You know, I've been involved with the community. I've seen what they've done. Um, the founders. There's, there's just, there's a ton of potential there. That's, I believe, is going to be realized as time goes on. But well, the I feel like the women's movement, like you know, people kind of like latch onto that. It's like a good time for that, mm-hmm. but. That's a good segue. Why don't you tell us about World of Women, your involvement in it, how you got involved with it. I have a very kind of like a vague understanding Mm -hmm. of it. Um, And mine was, and this is a story I've been telling and correct me if this is the, um, you know, Mm -hmm. putting out misinformation out there. (laughs) How could you ever do such a thing? Me spreading this information. Can we talk about the back now? Um, World of Women. World of Women, yeah. So this is the story that I've been telling, is that you got involved with this NFT project. I'm not sure how or why, but you did. Mm -hmm. And then you designed this uh, pink tuxedo, Mm -hmm. which is like, not even sure how that works, but it's like an asset that can be applied to a character. Mm -hmm. Um, And then it went viral and it went outside of World of Women into, it kind of carried over into other projects. I saw even like a bored ape. Um, with one of the pink tuxedos. Mm -hmm. So you actually created the pink tuxedo, is that correct? Yeah, so let me just kind of start at the beginning. So I got, um, I researched the project. My my initial gut feeling um, when I first got into NFTs, which was September of last year, um, and I just didn't buy anything for, I didn't buy anything for three months. I didn't buy anything until November. and I just, I felt like, so a lot of time you spend in Discord and you can see how the community interacts and the people who are there. So that's the biggest place that people go besides Twitter for NFTs. Um, so I spent some time in their Discord and I liked just the vibe of people and what they were saying and what the project stood for. Um, but I also believe it was filling a gap in the market that didn't exist and it's the first women-led project, um, which the artist, her name's Yim Karkai, um, she basically created that because she saw the need for this. It's a PFP, so a profile picture, um, and didn't see that for women at that time. And I think it minted in August. And is she not only the, the creator, but is she the designer as well? So she is the illustrator and yep, artist behind hmm. the project. So... Um, and I'm sure she, you know, her input, she's co-founder with her husband. Quick side story. Mm-hmm. Um, maybe I should hold it for later, but you were on some kind of conference, right? And they were doing some, it almost looked like an award show of some kind. Yeah, so that's another another whole event. But um, yeah, so they were on, um, Yem was on Billboard Women in Music Awards. 
and announced made an announcement and a beautiful speech. And you were live streaming the event. <laughs> Just so happened to be, recording. yeah, which you assume that someone else would have been recording it. Yeah. I don't know why it wasn't, um, but it wasn't. So you had the only running recording or, of it. And or the uh, one that got circulated anyway. I was, I don't know if I was sending you memes <laughs> on Instagram <laughs> and it just kept yeah. popping up. Uh, and then they had to post that on their Instagram with my name repeatedly <laughs> yes. popping up in the notifications. But back to what you're saying. Um, yeah, so I just, I, I thought that the project has a future because of where it originated and what the purpose was and that I didn't see any other projects doing what they were doing for women in the space as successfully as they were and being the first. Um, so I made the decision to buy, purchase a WOW, um, which at the time was like a very substantial decision for me. But I just believed that it was going to go places in the long term, like not so concerned about intermediate floor price going up and down and... Um, and since then, it's it's done very well. But so the pink tuxedo was created um, in Discord. We were chatting about this like rumor that World of Women was going to be auctioned at Christie's Auction House. Um, if anybody's familiar with that name, but they have crazy crazy names that they auction for physical pieces. Um, Picasso, Kandinsky, Brock, like literally the most famous artists in history, they auction their pieces. Um, so there was this sort of rumor that was going around that World of Women was going to have an NFT auctioned at Christie's. But it wasn't, it wasn't even, it was purely speculative. Like we didn't know for sure. So I was like, oh, I'm, you know, getting a little excited and trying to get everybody else like, oh, I'm going to put a pink tuxedo on my, my wow, just... In the, in the original collection, there's already a black and white tuxedo, and it's, like, one of the very rare traits. So I thought, oh, I can, you know, like, hop on this trait. Well, but what is the significance of the pink tux? Like, what is that? It was just different. <laughs> it was just, like, a, um, I don't know, like, a dressier version of an outfit to celebrate. Mm. So okay. I was just going to switch up my PFP with a pink tux. Um, and then and you can interchange assets on your... So not on the actual NFT itself, unless okay. you, you purchase, it wouldn't, it wouldn't be on the original NFT itself. Like you can physically change it just like you could change any other image and just put it on, you know. And um, how, did, how did that catch on? So I like put it on Discord with my my wow and the pick tucks, and then somebody was like, "Oh, that's great! Can you send me the PNG and I'll put it on mine?" And I was like, "Sure." And then next thing you know, somebody was like, "Oh, can you put it on mine?" I was like, "Yeah, I'll do it." And then for the next like three days or something, it was just I was just on my iPad like putting pink tuxes on everybody's wows. Um, hmm. There's another member of the community. His name's his name is Ben Blenner, but he goes by Chrono. And um, he was doing the same thing. Like we were like tag teaming and just like everybody helping everybody out in the community and putting them on. And then somewhere along the line, well, they, they the next day, actually, I think they formally announced that they were going to Christie's. So it was like 
this big moment, like, oh, it's actually happening. Um, and then, uh, and then before you knew it, it was just like all over Twitter, other people had pink tuxedos on on their own PFPs. So it was really cool. Hmm. Yeah. Um, so you just kind of put the asset out there and then yep. get picked up. And then I, I, I minted the original just so I could have like a commemorative like version of it on the blockchain. So I did. I saw that on your, now is that, could someone buy that from you? Um, yeah, I guess so. If I had it listed for sale or it's not listed, no. yeah. but you know, in history, like it'd just be a, like a cool thing. Like who knows where that'll end up in the history of the project or, hmm. um, another cool thing that like recently happened with you is, um, Gary V ended up buying one of your NFTs. So he didn't buy it. So, um, world of women asked me to collaborate. Where do I get my information? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I don't want to know. Um, so they asked me, they do um, a monthly art drop, and they work with, I believe, seven different artists for each of the worlds. So the characters in WoW have different skin tones, and for each world, each skin tone, there's a different world. Um, so they reached out to me and asked me if I could do um, the art for Golden Star, which is the golden skin tone. So when you do that, um, it gets airdropped to all of the holders of that skin tone. So Gary V is a holder of a golden wow. So he wound up with my artwork airdropped into his wallet. Which is really oh, cool. interesting. Yeah. Now your name's not specifically on that, right? It's more the address of your wallet? On that specific one in the description, my name is on it. Oh, okay. Yeah. And how do people know, like, who Gary V is in the blockchain world, like, without knowing his wallet number? Because um, that's what you see, right? So you can have it connected to um, an ENS address, ENS, um, which is a .eth address, and that sort of acts as a, stu a substitute to the long multi-digit code that goes along with your Ethereum address. Um, but certain people who are well-known like Gary, Gary's probably, I'd say, you know, top three most influential people in NFTs. Um, so it's kind of common knowledge what his wallet is, but his, his face and his name is actually connected to his account, so you could find them pretty easily. Who would you say is, like, more influential than him in the NFT space? Oh. Or who would you say are the top three people? There are different people who are like large holders, um, and some people are public, and some people have aliases, and you don't know who they actually are. Some people don't even have like name aliases; they just go by like a you know string of digits. Um, but th one person comes to mind; th they go by Cosimo de Medici. Um, so the Medici's in art history are like an extremely influential art collecting family in Italy. Um, I don't know. I don't remember if it was during the Renaissance or not, but you could easily just look up what the Medici family is all about. So they've sort of taken on this name to represent the digital Renaissance. Like NFTs, in my mind, that's literally what they are. They're just like it's a digital art Renaissance that's happening right now. Hmm. Um, 
but he goes by Cosmo or they go by Cosmo de Medici. And you don't really know who it is. There's like some speculation that it's Snoop Dogg, but <laughs> actually it doesn't make any sense to me based on the way that they communicate. Um, so they're, they're very like, um, um, I'd say influential force in their opinions of art and what direction to go and what projects um, have certain value and artists that are important and upcoming. Um, yeah, so it goes beyond just like things that are trending um, where there are like some great artists cr just creating in the digital space mm -hmm. and being recognized there. Yeah, Not I to say that like a board ape, you know, is is less valuable. It's like because you're really comparing two very different things, you know. Yeah, I think there there are um, there are projects in it that have you know these collections of like ten thousand NFTs that they launched, like Board Ape Yacht Club, for example. Um, and then there are artists who either launch small collections or um, do one of one artwork, which is a singular piece that's completely distinct in itself. It's not, doesn't combine different traits from other things. How um, much of the space do you feel like is just people hopping on the bandwagon where they're like, oh, this is a way for me to make like quick money um, as far as creators go, where they don't like care about art or collecting? They're just like, hey, this is, this is the next wave. And it's a good opportunity. There have definitely been situations where projects have launched and um, they call them rugs, where they just, they come out, they might have like really great marketing and all this hype around this project, um, don't necessarily know who the actual team is. They're not, they haven't revealed their identity at all, which is a red flag now. Um, and they can, you know, make millions of dollars off their collection selling out and then just disappear. Hmm. So that's that's definitely happened. Um, and I think people are getting more, um, they're just, they're learning to um, investigate the teams behind projects a lot more. And I think that that's a really important thing that people should do is as much as, um, they believe in the artwork, the team, and the founders, and what they're all about, and their careers and their backgrounds are like probably the number one thing that I would research when investing in a project. Hmm. So, do you do you have like um like a ballpark figure of like how many? Because I get all the time like people in in DMs on on Instagram like. Hmm multiple times a day, you know, something five, 10, like go into those, uh, they get pushed into like a different inbox, but it's just all investing yeah, in this project. And yeah. Mm -hmm. And it's a ton of them. Yep. Me too. Um, I have a friend who's tied up in an NFT project right now. Um, and you know, talking to the artists and like they had to find an artist to, to make them all. And you know, they've been working, I think for like six months and the artist wanted a certain amount up front and then a certain percentage of the project. And, and I guess he's like hitting some issues, but it seems very costly, at least the route that he's been going to actually make a project and, and launch it. Yeah, I think that it's a lot more work than people might think at first glance. Like 
it sounds like this magical world of I'm going to become a millionaire overnight and you can just easily like push out these images and mm. um, it is pretty easy to launch a collection. I think on OpenSea you can do it if you just have like different <coughs> traits drawn, like illustrated, and you can put them in to OpenSea, upload them, and it generates the images, number of images you want based off of those traits. So, so that's within the software of OpenSea. Mm -hmm. It does that really. Mm -hmm. So it's it's, huh. I mean, and you can mint anything yourself on OpenSea for nothing. So you would create the basic character, mm -hmm. and then some assets, different clothing, different layers that would go on like this single template. Um, and then it just computerizes, generate. generates. Yep. Huh. Yeah. And then you'd say, I want. 12,000 different variations. Mm -hmm. yep. Is that something you're planning on doing? Um, not, I'm not at this time. No, I have like a few different ideas for um, multiple edition items where it's the same thing, but you sell 250 versions of the same thing. Um, so yeah, I have a couple of ideas hmm. related to that, but. So how could like a company um, like ours, you know, someone is like we're in the wedding space. Um, is there a way that we could get involved with NFTs? You know, uh, I was trying to kick it around, but I just really kind of couldn't come up with anything where it's like you can't sell the wedding photography, right? Like no one wants to buy an NFT of someone else's wedding. Um, I'm sure there are like numerous applications of ways that it could work with your business and other businesses that don't seem like it's it's like readily apparent but um they're essentially a contract so if you had a contract with you know your clients um that nft that could become an nft and that it's the agreement between the two of you they purchase it and that gives them Whatever you want to determine, um, but say just say that contract was a single thing as an NFT. What you have right now, your contract, mm -hmm. and you have um, an artist who is like up and coming or somebody that you like, and you have their artwork associated with the contract in the NFT. So they purchase this NFT that has the image from the artist as one single digital asset. And that artist later makes a name for themselves. Then their contract could have value um, because they own the artist's artwork. Does that make sense? So they would own a, a piece of it? So they would own that specific artwork associated with their contract. Like hmm. you would, if you endorse an artist to work with you and collaborate and say, hey, I have you know, 200 contracts. Can you create a piece of work that's either original or, or not addition of 50? And that goes along with their standard contract. And then down the road, that could have value to them. Biggest thing that you want to mm. provide is value to your customer and figure out how you can do that. Um, and I think that that's what any successful project should aim to do. 
Like so how is adding this going value to, to the customer. How is this going to benefit somebody? Hmm. And But on the flip side of that, there are artists who create work and the art itself is the utility. Like it doesn't have to have something else attached to it. Like if you you want to support this artist and you believe in this artwork and you love it, then that philosophy is that you shouldn't have to provide something else on top of it. Right. So that artwork then um, you were showing me earlier, is that, does it have a utility attached to it? Um, The art of seasons? Yeah. So that right now. If we could pull that up, that'd be great. um, uh, We've got a couple of your drinks here. (laughs) What is it? You got coffee? My 7,000 drinks. Water. Sparkling water. Um. Oh, you can put it right in the middle. That wide camera will, should should get it. I might have to. I'm interested to see how how long the cameras run for before turning off. But Is that good? What do you think of the the, the dual color here? It's nice. What are the color options for it? Uh, anything, any color. Any color? Yeah. Like you can make any shade of any yeah. color. Yeah, I like that they're mixed. This was I didn't do this on purpose. This was kind of. The lights have been like kind of freaking out lately, and it just did it automatically. Possibilities are endless. Yeah, Pink and blue are my two colors. I should I should I should ask. I should ask. All right, so this is Art of Seasons, which I thought was very cool. Almost has like a Japanese feel to it. So it's funny you say that because I think the artist. Yeah. It's a comic style. Um, the artist is goes by Dirty Robot. Um, and I just like immediately fell in love with the artwork. But they're yeah, kind of Yeah, I love unique. it. I, this one's great. Oh, I re- didn't realize this is a yeah, touch screen as well. Um, which one was it? I mean, that one's cool too. I like this one. That's great. Let's see if we can pull it up. So, so they actually evolve with time. So the lighting changes based on the time of day, which is super unique. I how haven't actually how seen long does it take to evolve? I don't know what the time frame is. I, I think they probably have three different variations. And does it wrote like, does it loop? Sun, dusk, time, and then night. Yep. And I believe it is based on the holder's time zone. Hmm. So like whoever owns this, it's daytime there. Um, yeah. So we're going to try to buy one of these. We are. I mean, that was the goal, right? Buy an NFT live on the podcast here. So we need to. We're gonna pick one out though. I mean, they're all great. I love this one. This one's very cool. That is cool. So if you scroll down and you look underneath. The properties are where they'll give you specifics about the different traits and have to do with the rarity of the piece. Mm. Um, so if you go back to like the page with the collection, you can filter down and see what the most rare traits are. So you shouldn't just go by, I like this one the best. Um, I don't necessarily think there's anything wrong with that, but I think it has to do with what your intentions are. If you are looking to trade and not hold on to something for a long time, or if you're 
buying something really because you love it and you plan on holding it forever. But the biggest advice, one of the most important things with NFTs is to not invest money that, always invest money that you're willing to, to lose. lose. Because um, it's like how it's, stocks ex- are. it's extremely volatile. Like it's more volatile than like you don't want your crypto. NFT making you sad. No, and people. Do your NFTs make you sad? Um, not so far. <laughs> <laughs> but. Um, oh, this one's cool too. So I I like to spend a lot of time, like really going through a collection and looking at it closely before purchasing anything and should we take a, a pause and kind of go through these and and find out which one yeah i should buy all right we'll take a quick pause all right so we've taken some time <coughs> deliberated over the purchase discussed negotiated um i really like the world of women one uh, my question is like what happens if eth like crashes so what if eth goes <coughs> down to a thousand then it goes down. What if ETH goes down to like pennies? Because like you're you have the NFT market, which is volatile, but then you have the crypto space, which is volatile. Mm-hmm. So it's like NFT prices, right? Could crash. Mm-hmm. Am I making you nervous? No, <laughs> no, it's all very like, oh, plausible. No. <laughs> <laughs> so uh, but I think you have to go into it with that mindset that that that's a real that, possibility. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So it's like yeah, NFT market right could go down. Right, but ETH could stay strong. It's like, all right, now I'm picking up the NFTs pretty cheap. But the NFTs could go really high, but the ETH could crash. Yeah, sometimes it balances out where the floor price reflects a higher price in ETH or a lower price. Like, So, you know, say it's the floor is at 10 ETH and ETH's at 3,000. And then it drops down to 2,000 and then it goes up by a third so to reflect try, that change. Um, let's try this. Uh, which one was I looking at? That one's, that one's great. Could it be the one? Could it be the one? What's her name? So they don't have names, but they have numbers. So if you... I'm not sure if they can. Can that be seen on the camera? If you have any connection to numbers. And then what is the three, other two, project? Four, five. We screenshot this. The RF season. I almost bought this last night. I had too much red blows up at like 2 a.m. I was like, I think I'm going to buy this. <laughs> red Bull gives you NFTs instead of wings. Uh, what was it called? Art of who? The Art of Seasons. Art of Seasons. Sort by by now. Hmm. All right, filter by now, done. Which one were we uh, contemplating here? Did you like the full scene with? The full scene is really cool, but I feel like if I was gonna spend that much, I'd rather do the world of women. That's like a more notable 
project, right? I mean, well, if women's like three times the price, but. So I like that one, the uh, watermelon one. I thought that was kind of cool. And then that one, right? Is that the one we're looking at? It's a tough, tough decision. It all kind of comes down, though, if I can transfer Ethan to this wallet. Oh, my God. That was for ETH? That's insane. So people can list them for whatever they would like. Like, they could ask some astronomical price for no reason. And somebody might say, oh, that... You know, this one's got to be super rare because it's 69 ETH, but then it's just it doesn't somebody. Yeah. yeah, doesn't matter. No, you just have to look into the traits and see what the deal is. A lot of dead air. What are you going to do? That's a really tough call. So don't rush, I would say. I gotta get I gotta purchase though. We said we were gonna purchase one for the <laughs> for the culture. <laughs> we gotta the do it for the culture. Yeah. Alright, what about these these people eating watermelon? I love it. Did you look at the time? Look at the time and the traits and see what the if it's time evolving or if it's just night. I'm not sure. just night so we want time evolving well i mean it's up to you the time evolving it changes color with the day let me see if i can um purchase eth and uh so like if i were to hit buy now go to my coinbase wallet Buy now and it actually buys it. That one's fourteen thousand. How do I do this? This scene is 27 ETH. That's crazy. So, quick tips on for people who are just starting. Yes, out. quick tips on people who are starting. If you are creating a crypto wallet, that's yes. like the first thing you have to do in order to purchase NFTs. You went over this with me earlier, right? Uh, yeah. So with your so codes? Much. Yeah. So, when you, f when you first set up any wallet, you will have what is called a seed phrase. And it's a string of words that is specific to your wallet. And that seed phrase should not be given out to anybody ever for any reason whatsoever. 
Like if you're talking to support, you're having issues with whatever with your wallet and they ask you for your seed phrase, that's a red flag. Don't ever. Don't give it to anyone. Second tip with that is don't ever have that phrase stored digitally. Don't have it on your phone. Don't have it in your Dropbox. Don't have it in your cloud. Nowhere. Have it written down on a piece of paper in a very safe place that you know about and probably solely you know about. You said don't even put it in your will. That's what she said. Exact quote. She said <laughs> no. put clues yes. yeah. in your will on how to find it. Yeah. Because it's kind of a sad fact. Like people who have these wallets set up will eventually pass away. And they could, you know, when that happens, these assets could be worth millions of dollars. And yeah. People can't Access get into them. them. Yeah. Well, it's like people buying forever. Bitcoin back in the day and they would have them on hard yeah. drives and, yeah. you know, they like threw yeah. them away. Yeah. Um, so, and then the other piece of advice is to also get um, a cold wallet, which is, it's basically like a USB and um, it stores them more safely than if you were to have what's called a hot wallet, like MetaMask or Coinbase. And um, the only way that you can access them is if you have that seed phrase. Whereas if with a hot wallet, if somebody hacks into your device or you click a link that's malicious or phishing email, you know, people are out to steal. So you don't have your wallet on your phone? I do not have my wallet on my phone. So you purchased through a browser? Yes. Okay. Yep. And then. And do you need the seed phrase to log into your wallet? The first time you do. Yep, to set it up on that device. Okay. And then you just use your password. So anytime you're setting it up on a device for the first time, you need that seed phrase. Awesome. Cool. To well, buy a ledger. Buy a ledger. Buy, yep. You had mentioned that to me, so yeah, that is probably Even something I gotta do. Even if you crypto and not NFTs, have a ledger. So just so we're not killing time, we will uh, we'll wrap here. We will buy the NFT and insert it into the episode. Um, but I want to thank you for coming on. I thought thank we were going to talk more about Bob Dylan. You didn't, even, actually, you didn't even come off in conversation. Uh, I, well, I mentioned him. I mentioned the tickets. I thought that was a good segue. Oh, did you mention Tom? I did, the tickets? yeah. You didn't catch it. I to watch it. Next I'm time. Watch it back. All right. Well, if uh, I'm not sure if you want to like give like your contact stuff, like if you follow Instagram, Twitter. All those kind of things. Um, sure. Yeah. So if you guys want to follow me on Instagram, it's maggiemay.art, M-A-G-G-I-E-M-A-E dot art. And then on Twitter, it's magdylan, M-A-G-D-Y-L-A-N. And you sell some of your like NFTs that you've made as prints, correct? Uh, yes. Well, on a couple of different occasions. So um, I sold one to you that was actually an NFT. Um, and then I had for the the art drop that I mentioned with World of Women, I hid a secret Easter egg in the digital version of it. Hmm. And the first person to find it um, was able to get a physical edition of the NFT. So uh, like on occasion, physicals would exist, but also just have NFTs for sale that are one of one artworks. Hmm. Awesome. Yeah. All right. Well, hey, thank you again for coming. Thank you. I have to have you back at some point. Yes. And uh, all right, we'll wrap it. 
Hope you enjoyed this episode on NFTs with Maggie May Ferry. Be sure to check out her work and we will see you next week. Thank <laughs> you.